1: With your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is October 12th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always. Joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, we have basketball to talk about. What's going on?
2: There was so much excitement yesterday and uh, two days ago as you're listening to this throughout the day. Every Magic fan listening to this knows that's why you tuned into the show. But it, just the build up was awesome to the first preseason game. The game went great. And, uh, you know, getting the win in a preseason, regardless of what it is, felt good to win. And then we had our old producer, Kevy hosting the post-game live show last night. Jonathan, that went incredibly well, better than I could have even imagined. Kevin crushed it. Everybody was loving it. Everything about that day was a lot, a lot of fun, and I can't wait to do it again tonight. We get to do it again tonight. So as you're listening
1: to this, if you're listening to, to this on Thursday... Uh, the Magic are taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers at 7 o'clock Eastern in Cleveland. That game will be broadcast on Valley Great Lakes, not Valley Sports Florida. Not not quite yet, but almost. So if you were able to watch the, the Magic Pelicans game, whatever method you use to do that, you should be good to watch this Cavs let, game as well.
2: Let, let me jump in here real quick, Jonathan, because I was using alternative methods initially, right? But then I was like, FBI is really, here now. what did you say?
1: Said the FBI is in here now.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, and then and then I was like, wait, I know what I could do. I'll go to NBA League Pass because that's where, if you guys don't know, that's where you can watch all these games because they're on the home broadcast for that whoever's the home team. And I just did a free a seven day free trial. So my thought process was when Bally comes around, I'm just going to you know, have that package anyway. But while the, it's doing basically the road broadcast stuff, that's the best way. Because I guess what? Tomorrow or tonight is the last time that I'll need that. So after tomorrow night's game, I'm just going to cancel the free trial. And then I'm back in the saddle with uh, Bally again for the last two preseason games. The season kicks off. So that is your end. A lot of people were like, hey, where do I find this? Whatever. And that other stuff is a pain. Uh, there's a reason that a lot of people just bite the bullet and and do what they need to do. That other stuff is a pain. Get your free trial. It's easy. They don't, for, to my knowledge, and I don't think I had to put like payment info in. Maybe you do. I actually just kidding. You do. Um, but just cancel it. Cancel it after, and uh, and go from there. It was easy. Just watching it. Also, the Pelicans broadcast team. They're awesome. And we can get into that as well at some point here. But they were, they were really easy to listen to. So hopefully, this, I'm not sure that the Cavs will be the same for their broadcast, but.
1: I wouldn't say they were easy to listen to. I will say they did a great job, but Antonio Davis's or Antonio Daniel's voice really irked me for whatever reason. I'm used to the smooth, sultry sounds of David Steele and Jeff Turner. And that wasn't quite doing it for me. However, they were super knowledgeable and like our broadcast team very unbiased so that was appreciated however i do want to say we got some bad info from producer kevin producer kevin was like it's not going to be available on league pass unless you're out of market and a lot of people were in market they're like hey it's actually not being broadcast in orlando it's being broadcast in new orleans so even if you were in the orlando market you were able to watch it on league
2: pass. Are, we, are we sure so, he didn't mean that like as long as they were not in the new orleans market i don't i don't know the, but he might He might key in
1: here, but the 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 conversation that we had with Kevin, I, I feel like Kevin was you know he's almost never wrong, but on this one, I think it might be, I don't know. He's probably going to cut this uh, when, when, we're, when he's editing the old pod, uh, and you all will have no idea what just happened the last 30 seconds because the last 30 seconds of this pod just disappeared. However, all that to say, it was great to be able to watch magic basketball, just a ton of fun. Kevin absolutely killed the post-game live. We'll talk more about that a little bit uh, later into the episode here. But really quick, a quick word uh, from one of our sponsors, our boys over at Jam Hot Chicken. Not our boys. There are girls that work there as well. Our friends over at Jam Hot Chicken, I should say. Jam Hot Chicken proudly serving the city beautiful. Jam Hot Chicken is bringing jams, culture, and hot chicken to the heart of Winter Park. Jam Hot Chicken is in Nashville, an L.A.-inspired hot chicken shack, locally owned and operated in Winter Park, Florida, located at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. All of their chicken is hormone and antibiotic-free, made fresh and fried. Fresh and fried. That is a tongue twister. In 100% peanut oil. You can follow them at Jam Hot Chicken on all social media. Check them out on JamHotChickenFL.com. Access their menu. Get online ordering. even get access to their music playlist in all things jam hot and jam hot in 2023 was ranked number four in yelp's top florida restaurants of 2023 and i was there today ran into some magic fans got to talk magic basketball and how excited everyone is for this season so make sure if you are in the winter park area these people they drove from tampa from newport richie shout out to my hometown and they tried some jam hot chicken. They said it was absolutely worth the trip. So be sure, uh, make sure that you guys check that out. And Monday, we are debuting our new segment on next Monday's episode, the jam hot chicken jam of the week. Luke, there is an early leader in the clubhouse with that Paolo Banquero, the first mm-hmm. dunk over Jonas Valanciunas, which I know we will talk about. Uh, but just be on the lookout. Keep your ears open. Every Monday, we're going to be bringing the jam hot chicken jam of the week talking about the best magic dunk from the past week. Shout out to Jam Hot Chicken. And I do just want to give a a quick shout out. I know we've been plugging this on the last few episodes, uh, but my boy Gio over at Player's Closet only had the vintage magic pop-up shop on Wednesday night at Antiques, 22 South Magnolia Avenue. I was there. I wanted to just hang out and see how he was doing and help set up a little bit. I had to come home to record this pod. Dude had over five hundred items up for sale, a few of which I came home with y'all you'll will probably see me wearing those in, in future magic episodes and at magic games and events and whatnot. Dude almost sold out. I was just talking to him before we started recording the pod, and he was just so thankful to the magic community for everybody coming out and showing out and, and you know helping help him get rid of this magic, you know, vintage gear that he's been collecting and sourcing for the past five years. So tonight was just like the fruits of his labor for the last five years of collecting vintage magic gear and just really, really happy for him and just appreciate like the way that the community showed out and just made this an awesome event. Luke.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you guys going out there. Um, this, dude, there was so much stuff that I just, I was texting you about a, a couple pieces and I was like, man, I was like, I want to, but I know that it's going to get picked up by somebody tonight, regardless of if I get it or not. So I was happy that uh, all went well for Gio out there at the uh, player's closet. It was awesome. Okay, Luke, let's give the people what they want. It's been
1: six long months since you and I got to talk about Orlando Magic basketball Tuesday night against the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans the Magic with the 122 to 105 victory obviously we're going to break down like all the nuances of this game um, but essentially you know starters were, were playing pretty well in the first quarter New Orleans you know with Zion with CJ McCollum with Brandon Ingram just really got off to a blistering pace to start this game the Magic were having difficulties sort of finding their defensive assignments, getting set defensively, and it led to quite a few open threes for the Pelicans. They took advantage of that uh, in the first quarter um, alone. Uh, oh, th- only only three threes from the Pelicans. It felt way more than that. Yeah, seven. Uh, they started sh- the game, they were starting l- shooting like 60%, if I remember correctly. Uh, but the Magic were down by as much as 16 in the second quarter. Most of that with the bench unit on the floor, the starters came back in magic on a nice run. that closed the first half and they were leaning down by one at the half. The Pelicans decided to sit, uh, basically all of their starters for the entirety of the second half magic played their starters for a few minutes in the second half, basically came all the way back, grabbed the lead at that point, pulled the starters, put mostly like the second and third stringers in some of the exhibit 10 guys and, and two, a guys and, uh, our depth was just deeper than the Pelicans' depth, and this game wasn't really particularly close throughout the second half, Luke. Uh, but again, big win for the Magic, one twenty-two to one hundred and five. Always good to get a win. Good to start the preseason with a win. But Luke, what were your thoughts from this game?
2: I had a lot of thoughts, and I'll try not to take all of, of your thoughts in the process. I've got if I if I can just use one thought honestly in this segment, Jonathan. I'm wearing the shirt. I'm wearing the Win Daddy shirt. This dude, last night, first bucket of the game, corner three, no hesitation, knocks it down. And I was like, oh man, that's a great start for Wendell. I didn't think that he was going to go on to shoot three of four from three. And any time that the Pelicans dared him to shoot, he's shooting the ball. And it looked awesome doing it. Obviously four or
1: five from three as a matter four of four or five.
2: My my apologies. I was looking at uh I was looking at maybe it's NBA.com. Oh, that was the first half. Sorry. I had pulled up the first half and uh in the first half alone, Wendell was three of four. So just on display, Wendell looked awesome um in this game. There was there was so many things to pay attention to. That's what makes preseason so difficult to really like key into. Because you were looking at every little thing. And you've almost got to watch the game two times. You definitely have to watch the game two times if you really want to pick up on everything that you're looking for. I thought that they looked good when it comes to taking care of the basketball for the most part. You end this game with what, like 13 turnovers or something like that, team turnovers. And you and I were talking uh, in the episode before this. About And I was just saying, I would love, I you know, I ex- fully expect a high turnover game in your game to start preseason last year. You had like 20 plus turnovers in that game. But I would love to see you like somewhere in the teens and then forcing, you know, a good amount of turnovers, you know, for the other team. But they, they took care of the basketball a lot more than I thought. The, the offense is not perfect by any means, but there wasn't nearly as many boneheaded mistakes and like just miscues as i was expecting in this game i thought they looked pretty clean for the most part And in the second half you honestly can kind of throw that away pelicans at that point don't run their guys anymore we knew that they were Willie really green and talked about not playing the starters more than 20 minutes but in the pelicans were throwing a lot of new stuff out there i thought the magic handled it well for the most part but the pelicans have a lot to be excited about when it comes to their team like You had Zion playing the five, which is a new wrinkle that they've added to the offense. Herb Jones taking the ball up the court, the first possession of that game. There was a lot of new looks there for the Pelicans. And uh, they they looked good, all things considered. And so to only be down by one going into the second half, I, I think that was a win in and of itself. That's a very talented starting lineup for the Pelicans. The thing that was
1: most concerning to me, like in the first half, was really the defense. Like, yeah, you're down by one. But you're down sixty-seven to sixty-eight. You almost give up seventy points in that first half, and I'm not you know getting crazy. I'm not freaking out about that. It's the first game of the preseason, but especially in that first half, like Pelicans were playing at such a quick pace, and the Magic were as well to their credit. Uh, but the Pelicans were just like really getting into their offense so quickly, and we're just like getting out on the break, like even on makes for the Magic. Like a lot of times, you think of a team like getting out on the break, it's like. Oh, it's coming off of misses or it's coming off of turnovers. Like, no, the magic only had 11 turnovers in this game uh, for the game, you know, 43% uh, from the four, which isn't fantastic, but especially in that first half, like the Pelicans were just taking the ball out of the net and running down the other end. And then like Brandon Ingram, I don't know, like how many, you know, pull up threes he took in that first half. It felt like 15 or so, but we we saw some good we saw some bad things that they need to clean up like i, I think especially going into the next game against cleveland like the transition defense we should see a, a pretty good improvement there like they're just going to have a shoot around thursday morning uh probably talked about that a little bit after the game and probably talked about that a little bit today on wednesday as they're traveling but that to me should should probably be an emphasis a lot of the units were pretty solid defensively. You know, obviously you've got Jalen Suggs who was in the starting lineup, by the way, we will talk about that a bit more. Uh, but Jonathan Isaac, he looked good defensively in moments, probably a little bit of rust offensively. there, trying to do a little bit too much. Um, but you know, the guy hasn't played other than 11 games, you know, basketball for the most part in in a few years. And it's still going to be working back from some of that stuff. But, Overall, you know, it's the first game of preseason. You don't want to you know, freak out about anything. You also don't want to completely overlook things. You just kind of want to take notes and uh, see how the team progresses throughout preseason. That's what we're really going to be looking for is how do they get better from game to game here onto Cleveland. Then they're going to have the opportunity to play the Pelicans again. So you'll really be able to get a, a good level of, OK, how have they improved over the course of the preseason? And then we fully expect them to just, like, destroy Flamengo. Like, there was another uh, international professional team. I forget who they played. I think it was the Wizards beat a team by, like, 60 points. Was it uh, Taipei it or something like that? Taipei or something like that. That's, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. So, I, yeah, I fully expect that last game just to be, we talked about this on the last pod, but a lot of the end of the bench guys, G League guys, Exhibit 10 guys, uh, but really should still, you know, do a, a good job of, of sort of uh you know beating up on on that team. Uh, but let's just take a quick look at the box score. You talked about Wendell, he was fantastic. Five of ten from the floor, four of five from behind the arc, four of six from the free throw line, eighteen points, five rebounds eighteen points, led the magic. Uh, second leading score in this game, Cole Anthony in 14 minutes, 52 seconds, basically 15 minutes. 13 points, three rebounds, four assists, five of 10 from the floor. Just a really impressive and efficient offensive game from Cole Anthony. Uh, Paolo, 12 points, six rebounds in 20 minutes. I do think that's significant. One steal, I'm sorry, one assist, two steals, and a block. Great defense on Zion. Like, can we talk about that for a second? I know it was only just a few possessions, and, you know, Welt God on Twitter. Pointed this out and Pelicans fans have like really been coming for him. It's like, bro, it's it's you. You must not be familiar with with Welk. God, first of all, it's not that serious, and it's just a handful of possessions. It doesn't really mean anything, but it kind of does. Like Paolo looked really good, you know, guarding one of the 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 better, most talented players in the league. And if nothing else, it just shows us that he may not be bringing everything that he was giving team USA defensively, you know, this season in the Field World Cup. But he's bringing some of that
2: with him and that is super encouraging. They uh, like this Paolo plays in this one, you know, exactly 20 minutes according to nba.com. But like you said, did a great job. There yeah, there was a lot of people that were like, dude, these, you know, these clips, he's not actually like it's not really the defense more Zion just making dumb plays or whatever. But Part of your defense and like the defensive game is simply being there. There are so many different guys that Zion just makes look silly when they play defense on him. They've already he's already thrown them out of the way two dribbles into it from the perimeter, and Paolo was with him the entire way and was there just enough to hinder the shot and alter that shot and and make Zion be somewhat uncomfortable, not have a wide open look at the bucket. Because that's so often what he is able to do. He is such a strong force, like you said, with Paolo and just the, the way that he was able to assert himself in that role. Took the challenge head on. Clearly not scared. That's for sure. And I'm sure Zion is very easy to be scared of because that boy is huge. But they... Pause. But, I man, <laughs> uh, D- Paolo was awesome defensively. You really can't ask for more from a guy that's in a second year. And ask being tasked with what he's being tasked to do with this team, be the leader, and then step up and guard guys like Zion on a couple possessions. It's super impressive.
1: Obviously, you know early in this game crosses up Zion, going right at the rim at Jonas Valanciunas crazy. dunks all over him, and then there was like another dunk like later in the first half, again on Jonas Valanciunas, just super impressive out of Paolo. Not gonna go crazy with the box score. It's just preseason. Obviously, guys are are still. Sort of you know easing into things coming off of the long summers that they've had, but I would expect to see Paolo's numbers and Franz's numbers as well ramp up as the preseason goes. Uh, Franz Wagner in 15 minutes, uh, you know he might be playing a few less minutes, you know just because of the long summer that he had. Uh, but in 15 minutes, he had nine points, one rebound, two assists, four of six. So like not a bad game from Franz by any means, but I do think like Wendell and how well he was scoring. Didn't really need a ton from Franz in that starting lineup. And, and Markella as well. Uh, let's see. Markel finishes the game here with 10 points. Five of seven. Five of seven. Good grief. Five of seven from the floor. Uh, 71%. Four rebounds. Five assists. And a steal. Just really filling up the stat sheet. And our guy, J.I., uh, seven points in eight minutes. Two of seven from the floor. Uh, but two blocks and a steal. In eight minutes, like you, you put that over the course of the 20- minute game. like we're talking like maybe five blocks from J.I. So like the defensive instincts are still there. We're going to talk more, like after the break about like the questions that we had going into this game and sort of what has been answered. But I, I really feel that you don't want to take too much away from this game, but you you have to feel pretty good about the magic after one game. No Joe Ingles in this. You know, they're going to rest guys throughout the preseason. It sounds like Joe Ingles, obviously, the elder statesman on the roster. So Joe Ingles didn't play. We did see Anthony Black uh, get some minutes. Probably the Joe Ingles minutes is what I'm guessing. You know, when, when Joe Ingles comes back, maybe we don't see a ton of the rookies. Uh, but really, I mean, basically everybody uh, except Kevon Harris, Caleb Houston, both of those guys that Jamal Mosley had mentioned earlier in the week were dealing with some minor injuries. And then Joe Ingles was out as well. But Luke, from those like, you know, second and third stringers, you know, talking about Chuma, OKK, Admiral Schofield, Goga, Jet Howard, Mac McClung, uh, Trevellian Queen, DJ Wilson, Brandon Williams, any of those guys like really stick out for you in this one?
2: I think out of those guys, I'm really leaning toward Goga um, that that kind of made the impact for me, just the traditional big that we know is going to be needed at points during the season. Something that Mo Wagner really can't do just due to, you know, size and, and play style. Gogo was, was pretty good in the eight minutes that he played. Um, and then Chuma, I don't know, man, I was pretty surprised to see him come in the game as early as he did. I think that he came out. What he came in in the second half, kind of replacing Ji minutes, maybe when Ji was seemed like he was probably you know done for the night. He comes in. I was a little surprised by that, but I mean, I know what they're doing. Obviously, kind of showcasing as well, and and just kind of getting a feel for how these guys play together and just getting everybody a chance. But Chuma, I, I didn't really. He didn't move the needle too much for me. In this game, Jonathan, I don't know about you. Were you surprised at Chuma's minutes or or what did you think about Chuma? Did you think he was going to get much run at all in this game? No, I, I
1: understand what they were doing. And I mean, this kind of goes into the question that we had about Jonathan Isaac and whether or not, you know, he's going to have a minutes restriction. It's just the first preseason game played eight minutes. I don't think we can draw a conclusion just yet, but I really would have liked to see Jet Howard get those minutes. I know he he's it seems like they're trying to make him more of a a two than like a a three, which given his, you know, height and and length, I would think that he could play a little bit of the three, but we did see Chuma, you know, sort of get those minutes and something that um, I talked about in one of the the videos that I I released starting to do some short form content. So be on the lookout for that on our YouTube channel. But I did a video uh, yesterday talking about like five things to watch in preseason one of those was like the backup center minutes I have a funny feeling that it's going to be almost like positional like depending on or situational rather depending on who we're playing and what the other teams lineup like we might see Mo Wagner and and Goga go back and forth because each of those guys gives you something different and I don't think that it's clear that one of those guys is necessarily better than the other I, I do think Goga is going to get his fair share of opportunities this year. And, you know, he, he looked pretty good in his eight minutes. Like you said, seven points, four rebounds, two blocks, uh, Goga, Goga is, is solid as you know, your fringe, you know, backup slash third center, like Goga is really solid. We saw jet Howard knock down a couple yeah. of shots, which was good. Uh, but, um, but yeah, um, Mac McClung, I don't know what it is about Mac McClung. Everybody that I talked to within the organization and our experience with him at Media Day is that he's such a humble, nice guy. Like I can't help but, help but find myself rooting for Mac McClung. I don't know what you were going to say.
2: Yeah, no, I mean that's Mac McClung. Six minutes, not too much to really get from him in that one. I'm knowing Mac McClung's game and what he showcased in his you know G League stents and all that kind of stuff he likes to shoot the three ball a lot it is a guy that's high volume three but not just high volume but can knock it down i would have loved to seen him get more opportunities and be used that way and i know again it's it's not much of a sample size he played six minutes but i am hoping we can at least see something else from him and get some more minutes as maybe you know even in this next preseason game i don't know obviously what they're going to end up doing with minutes but I could see if they brought him in and he hit a three, and you know seemed to be getting going that they would keep him in, just let him do his thing. And because um, at the end of the day, he's not going to be on this, you know, he's not going to be on the official, you know, roster on a standard contract or anything like that. At the end of the day, but he has a lot of fun, and he is the dunk contest champion. And I think that uh, it would be awesome to see him. You know, we all know what he can do dunking the ball, but I think it would be awesome to see the shooting just on full display from Mac McClung. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, I mean, as far as like what I wanted to see, I don't know if we want to go to a break here, Jonathan. But I, I know, yeah, you know, I definitely share your sentiment with at Howard there for sure. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's anything else. without going maybe too far ahead of myself here.
1: All right, let's go to a quick break. With a word from our wonderful patrons. So, if you're not familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a platform where you can uh, financially support your favorite creators and help them uh, do the thing that they love to do and the thing that you love to watch or, or listen to them do. Uh, so, our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com/slash/the-six-man-show. Where if you just want to, you know, support the show and you know you, you don't want to spend too much money for as little as two dollars a month. Um, you can help financially support the show. We do have some other tiers with additional benefits like access to our Discord community, a monthly Zoom calls with us where we try to update our patrons with what's going on behind the scenes and things that we're working on. And also we have another tier where you can get uh, discounted Orlando Magic tickets. So if any of that interests you or you just want to help support the show, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And one of our benefits for our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons is we give them a very special shout out. Each episode. So I'll go ahead and start, uh, as always, with the court cousins Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Powell and Franzis Warren, Pierre A., Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum Drum, Drummy Drum Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, PB in the Mix, GoD 93, Teddy, Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmond Lagone, Jose Squeeland, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete Cannibalism, Time Mister TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, 177, Bolby the Dawn, Himlo Ben Himro, R. Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Fuego Nando, Victor Colon, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampe, Random Hustle Only, Franz Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Kason Green, and Santee Leon. Really appreciate everyone's support. Again, you can find us at Patreon.com the six man
0: show.
1: Luke, we went into Tuesday's preseason game with plenty of questions. One of those, and arguably the biggest question, is who was going to be the starting shooting guard. Now, if you're unfamiliar, uh, and if you don't follow the Magic or, or subscribe to the Magic's YouTube channel, they release this series every so often called All Access, where they sort of go behind the scenes, and oftentimes they you know post content that you don't get to see elsewhere. Like they don't even post some of this stuff on their social media channels because it is a lot of content. If you go back and you watch that all access from the social media posts, we knew that Gary was the starter day one. Day two and three, we know that Jalen was playing with the starters. And that was really the last that at least I saw on social. I might've missed something. But in the all access, you can see that Jalen also played with the starters on day five of training camp. I didn't want to put too much stock into this, but when the starting lineup was released, what was about an hour before tip-off of this game, we saw that Jalen Suggs was in the starting lineup. So I want to get what your reaction was to the news, and then I want your opinion on how Jalen looked and performed with the starters.
2: This came as a surprise to me. I get what training camp showed, and I I know Jalen was playing with the starting unit. But I thought that maybe the the starters that were playing on day one of training camp with Gary was maybe how they were going to treat preseason. And what I mean by that is that the thought, okay, these are our starters from last season. They played well together. Let's call it what it is like they weren't bad by any means these those starters playing together with gary in the lineup so i thought we still get to see gary start for the first preseason game and then maybe they they tinker with starting lineups much like we know mosley will do throughout this preseason so it did come as a surprise to me not like shell-shocked by any means I didn't see it and was like, "Oh wow, that's you know." I didn't see it coming at all. I knew it was a possibility, but I—it's just one of those things that like felt too good to be true. Jalen Suggs playing with the starting unit. Oh man, I didn't want to get my hopes up either, but we knew this was a possibility, and to see it get tweeted out before the game, it was awesome. I think that we all we we know that it doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be to start the year. But we also know that it looks like Coach Mosley could be setting up Jalen to like it's his spot to lose type of thing. I'm going to put you in this role. He talked about it pregame. Jalen had made strides, all that kind of stuff. You can see it because they asked him about it. Dan Savage with the Orlando Magic asked him about it before the game. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but what went into this Jalen starting that sort of thing. And Mosley just said you could see the work that he put in over the summer. And that he, you know, this is something that, that he deserves. Uh, he didn't say this, but like you could tell he deserves to, to get a look. And put in the work and training camp to do that and earned it. He's a young guy on this team. It's no secret that that's who you want to move forward with as far as the future of this team. Gary Harris isn't old, but he's not Jalen Sugg's age. He's not really directly in line with the young core. So I think it sets up Gary Harris if this does end up coming to fruition and actually goes into the regular season this way. It sets up Gary to have an interesting role off the bench. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Gary to be another you know vet alongside Joe Ingles coming off the bench to really speak into this team. I think that starting unit is talented enough and disciplined enough based on what I saw to capitalize and, and be just fine without a vet necessarily in the starting lineup unless you're going to call Dell or Markell, those vets. But as far as Jalen Suggs in the starting lineup, I loved it. I loved his, I loved coming out of the gate. He was not shy. He was going to get a shot off. He is going to um, shoot the three ball. That's for certain, right? Like we, we saw this in, that, in the game for sure. He is going to shoot. He goes one of five from three in this game. But I'm not overly concerned about him going one of five, to be completely honest with you. I think it's nerves. He's starting. There's a lot that goes into that. So I was super impressed with, with Jalen, honestly. Defensively, we know what he brings. And, uh, I don't and in know this if, game, he had an impact. but
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I was like, sh- like surprised or just so happy for him when like, the starting lineup was announced. Because we had sort of started to put like some of the pieces together with some of the videos that we saw from training camp. But you're also like, eh, maybe we shouldn't put too much stock into this. And then I I let our wonderful friends at the pod squad sort of talk me out of Jalen starting when they were talking about like their expectation was that Gary was going to start. You and I really the entire offseason, we just thought that that was sort of like the logical progression of things. Given Gary's age, given his contract status, given the fact where Jalen was drafted uh, given how he looked when given opportunities in winning time and closing time last season, he had a healthy offseason. And we're like, look, if Jalen is going to be the player that we think he can be, he needs to take the starting job going into this season. And it looks like that might be what happened because all of the evidence now, starting in training camp, now he's starting in the preseason. Like he's he He played limited minutes with the starters last year. I don't know why, if he's not going to be the starter, why you would waste, you know, like a half of a preseason game playing him in that role if that's not the plan moving forward. So some things I'm like, we don't want to draw too many conclusions, but I might be, you know, drawing a conclusion too early here. But I do feel like Jalen is most likely going to be the starter going into the season. Now, how did he look? offensively. You know, shooting the ball, you mentioned it. Uh, what was he here? Um, two of one six from the four, one of five from the three-point line. Three. Yeah. But had five rebounds, three assists, one steal, and just one turnover. A three-to-one turnover you know, to assist ratio. You, would, If I would have told you that two years ago, you would have said absolutely not. There's no 100%. possible way. So the decision-making... Uh seems to be much improved from Jalen Suggs. Obviously, we know what he gives defensively. Started an awesome break last night where he strips. Uh, I forget who had the ball for New Orleans, but they're on the break. It's a three to one break. He passes to Fultz. Fultz passes to Wendell for the slam. Just so much fun. Like it really felt like Magic Basketball was back. And sure, one of five from behind the arc. I don't love that. Got one of those to drop, but I do think some of that was nerves. He still looks super confident, and if we're to believe all of this newfound like perspective and you know uh, the way that he's like valuing his identity off of the floor, if we're to believe all of that, then that shooting performance shouldn't really like, shake him by any means. He should be able to shake that off going into the next game, and I'll be looking for him to do so. So that was one of the questions that we had. Feels like we kind of got an answer. Not 100 percent sure. we're going to continue to watch preseason, obviously. But Luke, the next question that we had was, what is Jonathan Isaac going to look like? And is he on a minutes restriction? So J.I., we talked about this, only eight minutes, 20 seconds in this first game, two of seven from the floor. It looked like he was sort of forcing the issue a bit. But a lot of that, I think, is really like offensively just going to be rust. But defensively, looked really good. He had a stretch last night uh, where he had like the, the and one layup, knocks down the free throw comes down the other end gets a nice block and then on the other end hits a 3 it was like by far his best little stretch of the night but Jonathan Isaac like defensively we talked about this you know in in February and March you know when he started playing in games like that defender is is still there like the kid can still move the instincts are still there it felt like before he got hurt again last year he was just starting to knock off the rust and like really get back and it's going to take some time for that, but I don't think we are any closer to an answer on whether or not Jonathan Isaac is on a minutes restriction.
2: No, and that was what I was going to you know talk about as well. Playing eight minutes in this game. Uh, let's see. I'm kind of going and looking at this. Essentially, like the fourth least minutes out of all of the guys that played last night. And... Doesn't come as a surprise, but I I was interested to see how they would handle them in the second half. And I guess what we can kind of go to figure in this game is, you know, in these games is they're going to play their heavier minutes in the first half. And then until we get until maybe the third and fourth game of the preseason, but going to probably be the same rule and effect in Cleveland. Is that what you're going to expect? Is that, you know, that's, that's what you're going to see. So yeah, Ji I, I. was like you said. He had those flashes and those those runs where it was like, "Oh man, we're we're going to get Jonathan Isaac back. He's he's going to be the Jonathan Isaac vault," and that's what I hope that we continue to see from him. I don't know what we're going to continue to see from him, but as we continue to get minutes together, Kevin made this point on the post game live show last night. You know, it obviously left some stuff to be desired there, right? Going 2 of 7 from the field, but also to remember, and to your point as well, knocking off the rust, he's played 11 games in a few years. This is, this is not just because he's healthy and says that he can go. Doesn't mean that he's going to have the same skill set necessarily in execution, really, that he was once able to have. I love his offensive game, to be honest with you he have like a, a turnaround kind of on honestly like Brandon Ingram takes a lot of those turnaround jumpers being that length and having those skill sets. I'm not saying Jonathan Isaac will every Brandon Ingram, but last night he had one of those and I was like, man, he doesn't even care because there's not really a hand in his face. He's able to elevate high enough that he's really unbothered. He missed the jumper, I believe, but it's still there and his confidence in that shot is there. I I really, really hope that we're able to see more of Jonathan Isaac in the preseason at length. And who knows what he's going to be and what his minutes restriction, unspoken-wise, is going to be in preseason. But I'd love to see him at least get to 10 minutes in a couple of these games. And then who knows? I, I doubt the training wheels will be off. But we'll see. He played significantly less minutes than really anybody else of note last night.
1: Yeah, I think we saw him take those turnarounds that you were talking about we saw him take those last year you know and, and make a couple of them and look pretty comfortable taking them and in this game like he he missed a couple of gimmies like I think he had a cut got the ball like right at the rim and just sort of whiffed on it and you know that's just going to come from getting more reps playing more and, and knocking that rust off but yeah we're not any closer to really finding out whether or not Jonathan Isaac is on a minutes restriction we're just going to have to continue to watch the preseason here and the last thing, Luke, that I feel like we got some answers to, is talking about the rookies and sort of how much burn they're going to get, how much run they're going to get to start the season, sort of what their role is going to be and, and what they look like. So first, let's talk about Anthony Black. Obviously, the number six pick in the draft from uh, this past summer. He played almost eighteen minutes. Uh, he had two points, was one of five from the floor, oh of three from behind the arc. Added one rebound, two assists, and one block. He sort of got like the short end of the stick on a couple of those three-point attempts specifically where there was like one second left on the shot clock and whoever had the ball just kind of threw it to him. And at that point, it was either let me throw this up or let me just take the 24-second shot clock violation. So don't look too much into the shooting numbers. The shooting form looks improved from Summer League. It still doesn't look very good. We were talking in our all-hands group chat with all the guys from the six-man show that contribute. And somebody said like Anthony black is like two years away from being two years away from being able to, to shoot. Like he's going to need a lot of work there. That was said in jest probably not four years away from being able to develop a jump shot. Um, but definitely is going to take a lot of work in the gym and getting those reps up and in continuing to refine that form. But that's not his game right now. That's not what the the magic drafted in Madu. Uh You could, you could see him the, the IQ and making a lot of the right decisions was really solid defensively, but wasn't really the point guard. You know, in any of the lineups that he was a part of, he was sort of slotted into those Joe Ingles minutes. There was a lot of Anthony Black standing in the corner last night, which, when he was drafted, was part of the question that you and I had. Like, if you're drafting this kid and you're just going to put him in the corner, a la Michael Carter Williams, he's not going to be impactful offensively. And it's going to hurt the offense. Like, you're going to be playing four on five offensively if you're putting Anthony Black in the corner. Um, given his role in this game and sort of the way that they used him, I feel pretty confident in that he probably is, is not cracking the rotation opening night. Now, can he earn his way there? Sure. Uh, but before we talk about Jet, what were your thoughts on AB? I
2: think the, he has something you can't teach. The kid is tall, like tall. We know he's tall, but last night was my first of, you know, obviously we saw him in summer league, but seeing him out on the, but, but in like summer league, there's not a ton of like big dudes. You saw Anthony black out there getting guarded by, by, you know, twos and threes and he still looked massive coming down the court, it's like, man, like you he's a little bit of that baby face, you know what I mean? Like he just looks very young. But it's so funny to me when people with baby faces are just massive human beings and just out there on the court, huge. So I think that that is going to be something that obviously this isn't groundbreaking news. We know this. Anybody that watched a scout video of Anthony Black, one of the biggest things that is going to contribute for him and going to be a contributing piece is his height and his IQ. Those put together is a dangerous combination. You mentioned, you know, made, had some of the right ideas, but there was a couple where like his passes were simply just too late. The idea was correct, but he needed to make the, sec- the decision a split second sooner. Another thing producer Kevin talks about on the show last night is the big thing that we know is that these guys, when they come into the league, the game is fast. and it's fast in terms of how yes how the half court offense runs how quickly these guys are flying around when they're off ball but also just how quick and how fast you have to be mentally to make the right read and execute at the same time you can make the right read but if you're a split second late that doesn't matter and you've got a turnover they're going the other way anthony black is going to figure it out and i am i'm i'm really happy that that he and jet both get Decent minutes last night. They, they get about the same amount of minutes as, you know, a Cole Anthony, a Gary Harris, a Mo Wagner, um, more minutes than Chumo KK and more minutes than Admiral Schofield, right? Jet gets 14 and a half, almost really almost 15 minutes. And then Anthony Black, gets 17, 17 minutes and 43 seconds. I was I was super pleased with with kind of the potential of Anthony Black in this game. A lot of people want to throw in the towel because they're dramatic and it's one game and, oh, Anthony Black, it's the only game I've seen in a Magic uniform against other NBA players. He must suck. It's like, no, this is just the way of the road for rookies. And not all of them can be Palo Bancaro. We, were, we have been spoiled to see the rookie year that we saw Palo Bancaro. We need a temporary and expectations for a little that, bit. For, you know, and and France as well, for sure. But yeah, I think I think I was I was still impressed with these guys. I mean, you gotta look for the good. You can't necessarily look at all the bad things. The bad things are the things that you already expected, such as these split seconds decisions being made a split second too late.
1: Yeah, and then with Jet, you know, 14 minutes, eight points, three of eight from the floor, two of five from behind the arc, one rebound, one block for Jet. I felt it kind of hard to evaluate Jet, you know. I know we're not in summer league, but he's essentially out there playing with other summer league kind of guys, um, especially, you know, the Pelicans who didn't play their starters at all in the the, the second half. So uh, obviously, you know, Jet knocks down a couple of threes. One, you know, he got sort of like a, a lucky bounce on. Um, but just want to see him be a bigger focus of the offense when he's on the floor. I think we'll get that more so like in that game against Flamengo. You know when. I would expect not most of our like heavy rotation guys to play a ton. Uh, But what I learned from this game is the magic are, are putting their money where their mouth is. They talked about this before the draft, after the draft, at media day, during training camp, after training camp practices. These rookies are going to have to earn their minutes. The magic are good. The magic are deep. That was another takeaway from this game. The Magic have real depth that they're going to rely on heavily this year. And because of that fact, Anthony Black and Jet Howard are going to have to fight and scratch and claw four minutes, and they can practice, they can have great practices and play really well, it still might not be good enough for them to get into the rotation, which for the long term of this team is a good thing. They will have to take their minutes. They are not going to be given to them. So that, I was like, okay, you can talk all that talk in the world, but you spent two lottery picks on these guys. So let's see what happens when we actually start playing games. And just the way that everything sort of broke yesterday and what you and I have been talking about in our last episode with the lineups, no Joe Ingles, looked like Anthony Black was just sort of thrown into the Joe Ingles minutes. And we'll probably have a better idea of that tonight, Thursday, when we watch the Magic take on the Cavs. Unless someone else sits, like maybe J.I. sits instead of Joe Ingles, and maybe we still see Anthony Black or Jet Howard thrown in there. But if the 10 guys that you you and I have been talking about, Markel, Jalen, Franz, Paolo, Wendell, Cole, Gary, Joe Ingles, J.I., and Mo Wagner or Goga, I mean that 10th guy, that backup center is sort of interchangeable if all of those guys play i would i would guess that in the actual mock rotation we probably don't see the rookies and yeah i don't know that i love that because i feel like we're so used to just like hey we just drafted this guy with the six overall pick we need to see him play but for this team and and for their goals for this season that's probably a good thing
2: it's just going to come down to what the magic do to consolidate right Like the magic aren't going to consolidate with A, B and Jet. They're just not. They're not going to get rid of those guys as far as part of like the first move to consolidate. It's going to be the other guys that we have talked about, right? The guys that that there is a real possibility that they've been around for a few years. Um, and you know, and we we talk about Gary Harris, especially, that we know the writing is really on the wall if they if they want to get A B and Jet minutes for sure. But what I will say. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I, I, I predicted the Magic to be two and zero this week, Jonathan. I think the Magic are just gonna go four and zero in the preseason. That'd they're be too hot. deep. They're too deep, man. They're, it, it is the Pelicans are not like they they just aren't, and they were without obviously some some key rotational guys. And then you've got the Cavs. Like these guys, the Cavs are already good. Like they know they're good. At this point, they're just going to run their guys out there for 15 minutes tonight. And then that's going to be it. The Magic are going to do the same, but the difference is the Magic are ridiculous at depth. And then Tuesday, you got the Pelicans. Then the next Friday, you've got Flamengo. Flamengo, you could chalk it up as a W. I freaking hope. And for real, Jinxing the boys. It's all right. I think it's 4 0. I don't care. I'm confident. These are our guys. And uh, they're they're young. They're looking for they're looking to prove themselves. They still got chips on their shoulders, and they should. They got a lot to prove, but they're going to continue to do it even if it isn't preseason.
1: As we wrap up here, I wanted to take a minute just to talk about the first post game live show, which was amazing, by the way. Like, I think at one point we had like 156 concurrent viewers, which we didn't really know what to expect, but we definitely didn't expect 156 concurrent viewers. I think there was like 380 total viewers throughout the, you know, 40 minutes or whatever Kevin uh, did. But I just want to give a round of applause to producer kevin you know host of the the post game live show sponsored by rockham or presented by rockham rather like the the visuals like the audio like the little mix that he's put together like that starts and ends the show was just awesome obviously handsome fella like what can go wrong when you put a a pretty face in front of the camera that's right great job like interacting with the chat breaking down the game it was just it was super fun if you guys missed that All of those are going to be on demand on our YouTube channel. You know, once they're done, you just have to go to the live section on our YouTube channel. And they're going to be on demand on our podcast feed. So you guys will be able to find it there as well. Um, Kevin, as fantastic of a human being as he is, he is not Superman. He can't do all of these. I think right now he's doing like upwards of 50 of them. And then Luke and I are going to like divvy up the remaining, you know, 30, you know, whatever they are. Uh, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to being being able to do those. But Kevin is doing a, a fantastic job, absolutely killing it. Make sure that you guys one go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash The Six Man Show. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get updates whenever we have new episodes, and make sure you click the little notify me button for those uh, live broadcasts. So just a ton of fun. Kevin just killed it, absolutely killed it.
2: I, I, uh, I was at my parents' house tonight for my youngest, Cole, not Cole, Anthony, first birthday. And, um, and we just did, you know, his birthday was the other day. We did dinner. We're doing, we, we did dinner at my parents' house. And I told my dad, I was like, hey, did you see my Instagram? Because on my personal Instagram, um, I was kind of posting updates on the postgame live and like the concurrent viewers because it was blowing my mind. I was like hey did you see my Instagram stories and he was like no I didn't and I was like perfect great sit down so I I, I go to you know the TV I go to YouTube and I, I pull up the post in live and I really you know Kevin's gonna hate that I'm doing this publicly here I, I just like was just gushing to Kevin about my to my dad and I was like dude he did all of this like he's producing and he's hosting and then it hit me I was like but I'm gonna have to do it too and um, I don't know if I can do it as good as kevi but we're we're gonna we're gonna try our best. We're gonna try. We definitely give it the old college the ones try. That created it from from ground up, like, like Kevin did, as far as the graphics and things like you're talking about. So hats off to Kevin, proud of you. And um, honestly, it's gonna be another element and another layer of why I'm excited for game days for Magic game days. And I'm sure I'm not alone. I know there's gonna be a lot of listeners that much like me wake up. They're like, oh, there's a Magic game, and then we get to react all together on post game live it's it's a really
1: fun time and even if like you can't stay up to watch that it's like you have that to wake up to the next morning so like a lot especially like those west coast games game's gonna be over and i'm gonna be going to bed sorry kev might not be watching that post game live but i promise you i'll be catching that first thing you know once i wake up so be sure to check all that out um i really can't wait for like the regular season and like our home opener especially if we beat the Rockets and and see what that first post game live Mm. looks like. But yeah, we just have a ton of content that is going to be coming out. So So we're going from just having two shows a week, like the Monday and the Thursday, and then we're potentially going to have another four shows each week, the post game live, which will be on the YouTube and the podcast feed. Ben's going to be doing the six fan show. We're trying to push more short form content to YouTube and Instagram, YouTube shorts, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. All of our writers, you know, Fazan, Caleb, David, Ryan, Tim. I feel like there's somebody that I'm forgetting. If I did, I, I love you and I, I apologize profusely. But they're gearing up, getting ready to, to get their little fingers back to work as you they say David? You know, type up those articles. I did said David. How could I forget David? Of course I said David pretty sure i said david if i didn't say david i've now said david like 17 times since missing david
2: we're so. gonna we're gonna we're gonna take care of this jonathan we are gonna take care of this because i know they're gonna be listening and they're gonna be like you miss me so i'll just i'll list out these writers and you guys can make sure that you give all of their articles uh, a watch here because we have caleb we have david we have fazan we have ryan brock we have tim we got a lot of lot of guys in there, I think man. I hit and, all those um, names. I'm pretty
1: proud of myself, actually. Perfect. I'm, I'm sure you
2: did, but just, sure. you know, I got to cover the back here. We got to make safe. sure that we're...
1: You got to cover my back end, you know? Yeah, that's That's going to do it for this one, folks. Uh, for Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Sixth Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go!